tomorrows. Welcome to another brand spanking new breaking news edition of this week's Out of the Podcast, the film noir show where we talk about, oh, I don't know, film noir. <laughs> Are we going to have to call this the, the film noir show from now on? I mean, maybe that's what's going to get us more searchable in these things. Maybe, yeah. Because it, everything else just seems to think we're out of the. Yeah. It's all, about it's, the al- it's all about the al- algorithm. That's what it is. Algorithm to Algae Rhythm Dan over here. <laughs> Albert G Rhythm. <laughs> Space Jam 2, gotta say, best joke of the movie was Algae Rhythm. I still need to see that. Yeah. Only joke of the movie. You do and you don't, you know, no rush. <laughs> yeah, I will, I will. <laughs> There's some bored on a Sunday chuckles, for sure. I could always use those. But here's bored on his birthday, Gentleman Joey here to say, welcome to the show. My it's birthday. T- today. This day, like the actual day that I was talking right now. No, 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 you're fine. But I was gonna say, I was like, I was like, I'm pretty sure it was December. (laughs) Us talking in the recorded realm, and when we just released this, this TNT monster to the masses, happy birthday to me. Yes, which is why we're doing this movie. Yes, it makes total sense. The only fucking reason we're doing this movie, (laughs) as we will get into. I mean, for, for, for one, there's no one literally called Joey in the movie. There's Joe, but there's yeah. no one called Joey. And Biggest Joey's offense. never mentioned. Yes. You know, yeah. the most you get out of this movie is like, hey, I got a poster for the wall, you know? But yeah. I can't. I, yeah, I, we'll get into it. I have some thoughts. I have thoughts, yeah. 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 Not all, not all terrible for me. Dan, there was a monkey in it. Yes, there was. You know, like right there. That's something. Yeah. It's, we're in Canada. <laughs> Yo, a monkey and Audrey Totter is like, could be Aud- worse. Exactly. We got back-to-back Audrey Totter movies. We uh, do. How crazy is that? I yeah. didn't even realize that. I didn't realize it either until I saw the opening credits. I was like, oh, yes, more Audrey Totter. Yeah. She can, re- she can redeem herself, or at least, you know, hopefully Lewis Allen can redeem, you know, her in using her well in a movie. And I, I, think, I think she's definitely much better in this movie. Um, Absolutely. Has, a, has more opportunity to shine in this movie, I should say. Next year, 2022, our podcast promise is we are going to bring hashtag justice for Audrey Totter because yes. we've only watched bad movies with her. Postman Always Rings Twice, Lady in the Lake, and this one. She's, she's greater than what we presented, and that's our fault. Yes. But also, we're rolling the dice here. Yeah. yeah at least we're, we're covering her. And she's good. She's good. Are you good, Dan? Everything good in your life? And you took some days off. You caught up on some movies. Any any stand out to you before we get into this beast of a show? I should say that I, I rewatched Uncut Gems this morning. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, good. So Dan's going to come high energy on this one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this, I guess this was like the third or fourth time I've seen this movie. Because I saw it in the theater. Nice. I guess it was the third time I've seen it. Because I watched it before. And then I just got the Criterion. and. I have to say, it's still. Boy, just, well, there's, some, there's some pauses here. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I still I still enjoy it just as much every time, but it is just such a like a it, like the pace of it is just like unprecedented. There's like yeah. no other movie I can think of where it's just like it is just so unrelenting the entire movie. It yeah. barely gives you a moment to breathe, and I think that's part of the, what makes it good. But you know, I, and I think it is really one of Adam Sandler's best roles. Like he, like as far as like the depth of what he's playing. Um, I'd say it's number two for me. The first one's Billy Madison, right? <laughs> I mean, I guess, yes, comedically, you probably should yes. put that above everything. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I love... Uh, Punch Drunk Love. Punch Drunk Love, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, he is good in that. I will, I will give him that, yes. I, that's a movie I like more and more every time I see it. I need to revisit that. I, I, I do revisit. have it. Yeah, yeah, I do have I do have the criterion of that. And yeah, Wonderful should, criterion that had yeah. come up. They've been, they've been a very big supporter of Sandler as long as he's doing serious roles. Yes. And, and I, I liked him in um, the Meyerowitz Chronicles. Is that what it was called? Stories. Meyerowitz stories. stories. The, yeah, yeah, Noah Baumbach. Yeah. Him and, I, him and Ben Stiller were very enjoyable brothers. I liked, I enjoyed that performance. Yes, I did. I am a big Noah Baumbach guy. I, I only watched it once when it came out. It's been a while since I watched it. That would be another... That's another Give it a rewatch. I'm, su- yeah. I'm surprised that one hasn't popped up from Criterion yet because I know they do sometimes do the Netflix. I mean, they did Marriage Story. Right. Yeah, which um, is him also, yeah. So hopefully that'll come at some point and that'd be a, a fun way to revisit that. But yeah, I, I like that movie. Um, it does, there's some, some of it that takes place in Western Massachusetts and there's some food choices I have criticisms of, but other than that, I'm okay. <laughs> they recommend a pizza. That is insane to me, but th- that's fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> You'll let it slide, maybe? I'll, I, I do let it slide because I enjoy the movie so much. Um, mm-hmm. Connecticut also has Mystic Pizza, so we, we definitely, we believe in our pizza. <laughs> in, fil- in film. Yes, yeah. I mean, Mystic Pizza is a real place, but yeah. also because of the movie is any reason why anyone gives a shit about it. You go to the aquarium mostly if you go to Mystic Connecticut. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I know about is the pizza place, so. Did you watch that short that's on the Uncut Gems Criterion? The the one where they're the, like, the, the mechanical men, basically? I watched portions of it. I, I, I was running a little bit late. I had some stuff to do. And I was like, I just want to, like, at least give it, like, a little, like, scan. And I'll probably come back to it. That thing is fucking hilarious. Yeah, I really, it looked I like really it was, yeah. it. I really actually like it quite a bit. Like, I want to see a, a comedy from, from the brothers because that thing is funny. And it's just, it's, you know, basically silent if, if I think it is entirely silent. Yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah, love on cut gems. Hopefully, we'll get a criterion a good time at this yes. point because that's the one so far to be. I'd like to see some of their earlier stuff too because I haven't seen any of their other movies. I mean, oh, there's some good stuff. Criterion Channel had a bunch of that on for a little bit, mm-hmm. and then there's uh, what was the other one? The Heaven one, right? Yeah, there's the one. Uh, the, what's the, the Daddy, Long, Daddy Long Legs was the one I was thinking of. Yeah, the documentary. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That was on. Um, Criterion Channel at one point. I imagine something will be coming from that Criterion on the, on this kind of stuff because they seem like they're in on the the safties. Yeah. Well, there's a apparently it says that there's the Showtime ordered a pilot for a show called The Curse, which is it's a parody of HGTV starring Nathan Fielder and Benny Safdie. That's right. And Fielder. And Benny Safdie was right. yeah is is in something that's coming out soon, right? He was casting like he was it. Well, isn't he in the new PTA? Isn't that's he in, what it is? Yeah. That's what it is. Yep, yep. So looking forward to that as well. That had just come out, so we need to go see a licorice pizza. Yes, I, I am looking forward to that. Probably yes. next week. I could yes. see it being next week, honestly. I, I want to see that. Yes, very excited. Lots to be excited about. This is the season where fun, exciting movies finally come out after a slog of a year. I don't mm-hmm. even know what my favorite movie this year was, Dan. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I haven't. Usually, seen I've been blown ones. away at this yeah. point. Yeah, I don't know. How about you? Have you been? Well, uh, I could tell you what my, um, you know, still just making it through what I've been making it through. Started watching that Beatles documentary, which is old news now, but is hot news at the moment. How's that going? Good. It's enjoyable. It's it's pretty fascinating to watch some of these songs come together. You know, I like the uh, the Beatles reference there in that. Get it? Come together. <laughs> right now, Dan. No, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, I, it was not intended, but we will always take it. Yes, I mean, pretty much any conversational, anything can have Beatles references accidentally. That's true. It's very easy. You know, it's just sometimes your guitar gently weeps. Yeah, sometimes. I, I can hear yours over there. Yeah, it's weeping right now. Still getting over the Pure Bliss sessions. Yes, exactly. It was a tough time. Dan, the tapes may be delivered during this podcast or not. I had to nope. edit an episode recently. We're like, "Wow, oh, we're so psyched on those tapes," and they're still not in yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, hopefully today is the day. Once there's a shipping notification, you know you can legit get excited. Stuff, stuff's getting real. Stuff's getting real. Exactly. Now I'm excited to hold it, even just as an art piece. You know, like it, yeah. it's just gonna, it's going to look great. But I'm I think excited I'm more excited about the in. art. Yeah, I think I'm more excited about the art. Than the I am excited than about the music. art. You know, we got those postcards in that look really good. We should do some yeah. uh, out of the podcast postcards or something. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I think between like that, the stickers and the magnets, try to put together a little pack and maybe we'll launch that with the much hyped t-shirts yes. at some point. That could be a 2022 uh, endeavor. Yeah. I like we're, real, we're real ambitious next year. Don't worry. It's the year that the real out of the podcast gets real. It's true. I'm 37 now, Dan. That's old as shit. <laughs> I know there's people older than me laughing right now, and I apologize. Yes. <laughs> I'm laughing in one year, kicking that guy right in the face. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Hope I had a good time. I don't know yeah. what my plans are yet. Hope you had a good birthday. I hope I have plans uh, now. I, yeah. I'm excited to see what, what meme you send me for my birthday, Dan. Oh, it's going to be good. Trust me. <laughs> I can't wait to wake up Thursday morning with a fresh episode out of the podcast and a meme from Dan waiting for me. Yep. Can't wait. Well, speaking of being unable to wait any further, shall we get into this bullet for me? Sure. Yeah. All right. I'm ready. We're ready. Episode 49, A Bullet for Joey. Uh Uh-oh. Released April 15th, 1955. Distributed by our old friends at United Artists. Was our last? Oh, no. Our last one was MGM, right? Uh, This is MGM also. So okay. Yeah, so it's both. Okay. 
I, I, I felt like I was seeing a lot of similar title cards when we got into it. Yes. I think this, it, I think it was, I think, I think uh, lady in the lake was too. I'll double check. But that one I'm fairly certain was. Yeah. Although wait, wasn't that Warner archive? Is Warner Archive, but, but is it like it's a MGM? Combo? It's still MGM. MGM is the most confusing company. Yes. <laughs> like, did they don't they still exist, right? How did they lose so much of their catalog? Well, did they actually get bought out? Like, because they're a subsidiary. So, like, you know, for instance, if somehow Warner has a deal with them or they have ownership, I don't, I don't know how all that works with them specifically, but it's possible. Or maybe there's a lot of logos on the out. back of this yeah. thing. There's, I see a UA, 20th Century Fox, MGM. Yeah, because UA, UA is a subsidiary of MGM. So that makes sense. I don't know where Warner comes into play. That's, that's what I don't know. Or Fox in this instance. Are Fox involved with this one? I'm looking at the back of the box. They're right at the this bottom, one? right next to Kino. Oh. Then you got a UA in the top right or the bottom right corner. Everybody's got their hands, hands in this one, apparently. There's a, there's a lot of logos on this, but Kino Lorber brought this one to us. You see this trailer on like so many of the film noirs we've been buying oh, yeah. and watching. <laughs> so yes. was, in that sense, it was a long time coming too. But this was directed by Lewis Allen. Mm-hmm. This is the director of Desert Fury. Mm-hmm. And uh, he actually followed this up with Illegal, which we have still yep. to come. I got to say, this does not be. get me excited for Illegal, but... There's a I lot of names say, involved in this that make this uh, just a confusing one because this was written by Jeffrey Holmes, which is actually two writers faking that name. We got Daniel Mainwaring, a writer of Out of the Past. Mm-hmm. And then we have A.I. Bazurides. Bazurides, there's yeah. a good take of that. I wrote that out how to good. pronounce it, but it, was, it still had me off. And he wrote Kiss Me Deadly. We like yes. Kiss Me Deadly. We like Out of the Past. So this is just a weird movie. I, there, there's so many questions raised by this, but this was based on a story from James Benson Noblo. And yeah, welcome to the show. We got Edward G. We got George Raft. Two heavy hitters. Two and heavy then hitters. And Audrey Totter. Yeah. It says on the, the front poster, the screen's top tough guys, loaded with brute force, explodes with violence. Um, none of that is true. I, they, whoever wrote the back of this, like the, the write-up, they really did some heavy lifting, and as did the, the, the people that had to market this movie. Yeah, um, I think they really tried to sell this to be more than it was. Dan, I'm going to make a prediction. Yeah. You watched this last night and this morning. You're saying I watched this two times? Did you? No, I'm saying you you had to you had to fall asleep and wake up the next morning. No, I I made it. Through. You one session it. Wow. I one session to last night, man. I was I was I was in it. Yeah, you know what it is. I I went in with extremely low expectations because of what I knew about the film going I think in. We we all knew even just looking this up and when I first became curious about it. Mm. It's just wall to wall. Everyone telling you that this is not a good or exciting movie. You right. Know? The warning is there. There's no surprises. So I knowing that at least I wasn't like, oh my god, what is this? It was just like, yeah, yep, that that's what they said. It was fine. That that's how we feel about this. It was fine. And I will say one one thing we I, I forgot to mention earlier. We did at least get the setup with Audrey Totter, and she was great in that too. And that is a that's a wonderful film. That's so we, right. That's we did right. get at least one good, very good. She's Audrey Totter She's there. so good in that yes. too. Yeah. Okay. So that's right. we can Thank we you, can man. at least feel feel good collectively uh that we did cover now that i'm looking at the back i'm seeing they're selling her on the setup as well so yes Uh, yeah they do um they do that's Um, smart which is good yes i like i said it's fine i there was there were some things i liked about it but there wasn't a lot in it that like got me excited it was just like you're watching this routine film noir that's just like yeah okay cool yeah I'm, i'm in it i'm watching it it's fine like the characters are decent. Yeah, everything just felt very just kind of like routine for me. You know, like it didn't. There's no passion yeah. in this movie whatsoever. It's just a very paint by numbers. Yes. I, I just I don't understand how this like got made. You know, sorry to podcast pun over here, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I just don't understand. Like, someone read this story and was so impressed by it. it just feels like it was a gig for everyone. I mean, that's certainly why they're getting these two writers who didn't want to put their name on it. If, well, I think part of that had to do with the blacklisting and blacklisting, stuff. Blacklisting, yeah. Right. But I think also, like, it's very confusing. Like, they don't give a lot of exposition, especially with the whole backstory with the, you know, the the foreign agents and, and why they're they're doing this and what's used for. And they kind of do it a little bit at the end in the wrap-up. But, yeah. like, throughout the film, like, there's some moments where I'm just like, wait, what are they doing? Like, why, why are they in this truck? Like, what are they trying to do? Like Most it, of the time for me. Yeah, it felt very weird. And, I mean, and Lewis Allen is a very 
capable director. He's a very decent director. I mean, he also did uh, Uninvited, uh, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. Um, that's okay. on Criterion. I mean, Desert Fury is cool. I like yeah, that one a lot. Desert Fury is probably, I would say, is yeah. most regarded. I would say in comparison to Illegal, I know you said saying it, you haven't seen it. I think Illegal is a lot better than this, for sure. I will, okay. I will say that. I did. I, I think Illegal is a better movie than this, definitely. I would hope they got off of this movie and were like, Jesus Christ, we got to do better. <laughs> yeah, and they're the same year, too. Yeah, it's ba- it is back to back. I wonder, I guess, yeah, this one was definitely filmed first. I, I didn't know if we knew that or not, but I'm pretty sure we do. It was, yeah. Yeah. Well, and Illegal has Nina Fosh, so, I mean, instantly for me, I'm, I'm in it. But, and, yeah, and, this again, one has Audrey Totter, though. That's what I'm saying. So they both, they both have that element. So at least, you know, I can't fall for that. Exactly. But yeah, no, I, like I said, I, I, didn't, I didn't hate this movie, but it just, it, it felt very just like run of the mill to me. It, it, nothing really got me excited about it. But yeah, I was in it. It's only 85 minutes. I, I, you know, you're in and out. It did feel a little bit long towards the end. I was just like, wow, like, is this really still going? They felt still like they going. really tried to wrap it up. But yeah, it was fine. Well, let's get into it, Dan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I know I, I, can, I can picture you with the write-up because I, I looked at the, the write-up on, on Wikipedia too. And I was like, ooh, I was like, this leaves out a ton of stuff. Um. <laughs> so much. And once again, I got to shout out my friends at AFI. They really came through once again. Yes. So we're going to open in Montreal. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I appreciate that if this is in Canada and it's in Montreal, it's very kind of like out of the, the norm for a film noir. Yes. In fact, the, one of the working titles of the film was Canada's Great Manhunt and then also The Kill. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I believe the story actually was even called Canada's Great Manhunt. Yeah. Hmm. Originally, it was in Coronet Magazine by hmm. Stephen Brock. That's interesting. I think I like a bullet for Joey better, even though Joey, we talked about earlier, is not a thing. Even though there's no Joey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Not even once as a nickname or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, it's definitely bizarre. Yeah. It feels like they just figured out so much after the fact when like they were just presented with what they filmed and they're like, good luck. Yeah. Or they could have just said a bullet for Joe. (laughs) It would have really made that much of a difference. Look, they needed people in the seats and they know a Joey is what gets it done. But they definitely were hoodwinked. This is not a true Joey film. We definitely We are hoodwinked. We appreciate the poster, but beyond that, we we disavow it. Yeah. But we're in Montreal. We got atomic physicist Carl Macklin, Dr. Carl Macklin. Mm-hmm. And he gives a coin to an organ grinder's monkey as he mm-hmm. heads out of his hotel. But inside the organ grinder, it has a uh, motion picture camera. And it's actually filming Carl when he's leaving the hotel. I thought this was a cool setup. Like, I mean, it's unique. It, it opened <laughs> enough. Know? Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Damn, it is a monkey. I always appreciate a monkey. This is what, our second or third film noir monkey? At least second. I don't know if we've done three. Maybe three. Lady think, from Shanghai. Right. Um, I, I feel like there was one more monkey. There was a monkey funeral in, in um, Sunset Boulevard. Sunset Boulevard, yeah. So At least two. Here we go. Welcome yeah. to the club. We, we have a new letterbox for you. Yeah. <laughs> but you're going to be missing the monkey th- from here on out because it's not, it's not coming back. Yeah. But Carl, he says good morning to Constable Dan Percy. And Dan Percy, he actually notices the camera and he chases the organ grinder. And this guy's name is Paola. Mm. Paola. Something like that. All the Paolas out there, feel free to, to write us and, and give us your tis tisks. We will accept them <laughs> with open arms. Percy catches Paola, but he beats the constable to death, which was very enjoyable. Like, this thing opened good. Yeah. It, it was a, just a murder right off the bat. And then he goes to his boss, who was a book dealer. His name is Eric Hartman. Mm-hmm. Not South Park over here. That was No, <laughs> definitely not. Very weird. Like, what the? He, this guy, he's, he runs a commie organization, <laughs> which is funny that blacklisted people work on this movie. Robinson will get into, but he was graylisted at the time. Yes. And basically just ending up in real steaming piles like this movie. He, he's the ringleader of the communist organization, and he wants to kidnap Carl and take his latest invention and use it for all sorts of nefarious needs. Mm-hmm. But now Paola, he, he's killed someone, so that's no good. So Hartman kills him and dumps him in a ditch. Then also we have Inspector Raoul Leduc and Sergeant Fred Hart, the Mounties. The Royal, yeah, Royal Canadian Mounted Police, yeah. They're on a whole other case, and it turns out that Rafael Garcia, who was a henchman of Hartman's, he also contacted Joe Victor. This is our non-Joey, George Raft. Mm. Just phoning it in with this one, this performance. He's such an interesting guy that like in, in real life. Oh yeah. That like, it, it's kind of a bummer that it, it feels a little bit 
like you said, it just feels very mundane. Like in this, for for the role that he plays too, it's like I feel like he could have played it much better. Absolutely. Like, like like there was, I think there was more space to work with, and he just didn't for whatever reason. Which is kind of unfortunate because yeah, I mean, like I said, he's a, such a fascinating guy in general. Did you see George Raft and Edward G. Robinson's first collaboration, Manpower? I have not seen that. No, I, I wonder I know how that it. is. Yeah, I know. All I mean, it. Yeah, I was excited to see him together. You know, there was a lot. That should have worked, but yeah, yeah. I, w- I would like to see them together again. And here's a, a quick fun fact for you, but speaking of our friend Bazarides, he was being paid by Edward G. Robinson. He's being paid $5,000 to get better dialogue for his character. And when Raph found out about this, he started to pay him to do the same thing. Um, <laughs> I'd say he stole $10,000 from those guys, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like well, to see the previous... I mean, it's, I think knowing that we know about the, you know, who actually wrote this for the screen, it's the same guy that wrote for the screen, uh, you know, Kiss Me Deadly. You mm-hmm. like, it, it made it for me. Cause I saw, I saw his name come up and I'm like, that's the guy that wrote Kiss Me Deadly. It's that, you know, you kind of, you're going to compare it to Kiss Me Deadly, especially with all the cold war aspects, just as much as in the, are in Kiss Me Deadly. Right. And, I, and obviously like this kind of, pales in comparison you know like like i mean in so many ways uh it's hard to not compare it to that i mean i I know it's a lot of different people involved too but uh, you know the story feels there's there's still that type of feeling you know that you have connected well because it's like everything that he personally added to that movie where he's like disregarded the novel and was just like i'm putting in all this cold war stuff it's it's all here basically and there's a lot of plot you know there's a lot of stuff going on yeah, and this is just where it's like, well, yeah, but your story just was not just <laughs> anything not worth together, yeah. worthwhile. Yeah, George Raff, he's been hiding out in um, Lisbon, Lisbon. Mm-hmm. and he's like, why don't you come back, do a job? You come, you can come to Canada. You can slip across the border to the United States when you're done. Uh, you know, I got a little something for you. Mm-hmm. I I need you to kidnap this guy, but I'm not going to kill you, Carl, our old friend Carl. Mm-hmm. He offers up. $10,000 or $100,000, even better. So he heads to Montreal under the name of Earl Steiner. And he's pretending to be a refugee who works for a farmer named Anthony Dubois. Mm-hmm. And he, while he's there, he puts together his crew. All, all is well so far. <laughs> you know, like at this point, you're like, this, this isn't so bad. I like that his yeah. crew is scattered all over the country. And they do like the little like showing different parts of each city. You know, whether yep. it's Mexico or, or and LA his, his or his notebook DC. too, right? Yeah, he's writing stuff down. I like that montage. It was fun. That was a good montage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. up to this point, it's not so bad. I, you know, this is, I hadn't fallen asleep yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's get together. Maury, Nick Johannes, and Jack Allen. There's he, one final one. There's one, one to go, the, the main one. He finds out that Carl is single, so he, said he wants to get in his old girlfriend, Joyce Geary, to come help out with everything. Joyce, mm-hmm. of course, is Audrey Totter. Mm-hmm. Most of the reason why we're here. And she's in Cuba. She's in Havana. Yep. Uh, she's operating a modeling agency. And mm. yeah, when, when, <laughs> when Nick comes in, like she's not happy to see him and she does not want to join this gang whatsoever. But she's like, you know, I'm going to go to the Cuban officials. I can get you out of here. You're going to come work for us. It's old St. Nick himself. Well, climb back up the chimney. I don't like your brand of toys. Nice layout. Who's paying the freight? My clients. Clients? Clients with the kind of talent you wouldn't know anything about. All right, Nikki, let's have the bad news. It isn't bad. It's good. The big boy's back. You're kidding. Nope. He's back and he's whistling for you. Well, stick your head in his cell and tell him I'm not listening. But he's not in jail. Then J. Edgar Hoover must be slipping. That was a one-way ticket he gave, Mr. Victor. Look, somebody dug up the dope for a round trip to Canada. And whoever it was must be loaded, because he's paying Joe a bundle for a job. And Joe wants to cut you in for a chunk. For old time's sake. Why not? You know how he goes for you. So much he almost took me to jail with him. He didn't, though. Well, thank him for me. And now, Nicky, goodbye. Say, this is a nice layout you've got here. Real nice. Real classy. Respectable, too. Looks like you're doing real good collecting nickels and dimes. You can't get rich, but it's security. Yes, it is. I like it. That's why I'm staying. If you like it, you'd better listen when Joe whistles. 
or I'll put a word in the right place and this joint will fold right under your feet. So hang a sign on the door that you've gone fishing. We're getting out of here tomorrow. I also like the, uh, the, the, the Santa Claus reference. I was like, ooh, we got a little bit of Christmas. That's right, Dan, too. exactly. Yeah. As I heard that too, I'm like, we are, it's okay that we're here because yes. this is the Christmas season, of course. It worked. It worked really well. I like that. We know what we're doing here. Yep. <laughs> Which we, is a movie we never saw. Yeah. Now, I mean, you like to think we're episode 49. I, I, I like to think at this point, we, we kind of know what we're doing, maybe a little bit. Always room for improvement. That's true. That's a good point. You know, your sophomore album, that's the one. Yeah. We're still finishing up the debut. Yes. <laughs> well, well said. Thinking about where we started and how it felt coming into like what we're starting with year two. Like, yeah, it's definitely a, a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. And Just chugging uh, along. Chugging along. Choo-choo. Thanks to you. <laughs> this is where we lose all our listeners now. Sure, we lost them already. I mean, yeah. a bullet for Joey was, was not a, a kind follow-up to Lady in the Lake. But wait till they see what's what's coming after it. That's that's what's going to keep them. We'll see. I don't know. I don't. I've never seen this next movie. But the movie after that. Ooh, Merry Christmas. I can vouch. I can vouch for our next movie. Well, yes, we know that. That's why we're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Gentleman Joey is not vouched yet. His voucher still remains in his wallet, unused from the last two movies. Storm Fear, though. What a hell of a good time. Well, I'm glad. I'm at least glad that you like that one because I, yeah, I have, I have such a fondness for that one. So I uh, enjoyed the experience yeah. of the last movie. Like we said, it's worth doing. Um, yeah. This one again. I'm sorry. It's it's quick. It even though it, it somehow yeah. finds a way to slow time at the end. Yeah, it does. It does. This slows down <laughs> immensely. But hey, do what you got to do. Thanks, Kino. We appreciate that you just give us the chance to see if we like these. Well, you, you can't help but like, you know, like you said earlier about like reading, I read the back of this as like the movie was going on. And I'm like, the way that this writer portrays this, like I was waiting for like these like really crazy ending and it like didn't really come. <laughs> no, and, you, and they all, you expect it to be like really violent and action-y too. Yeah, and, and I mean, there is like, when they kill people, like, sure, it's an act of violence, but they even find a way to make it tame. There's no yeah. teeth to it. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple, like, cool shots, but other than that, like, not much. I don't even know about that. I'm curious to see what you, you came up with us for the screenshots of this episode. Oh, I, I have, I had my ideas. I'm always, I'm always thinking while watching it, so. I'm glad you have that lens, because I, yes. I found this to be a pretty ugly movie. The cinematography was just not here. Oh, it, it's tough. Trust me. I, I, you know, I, I, like I said, I think about that every time I watch a movie. I think about, I mean, that's something I, I tune in that in anyway, but like, that's something I'm even keyed in now, especially that we're doing this. And yeah, I, I have a couple of mine already that I feel like are going to be good ones that you'll have. Have we got to them yet? Any of them? I haven't taken them. Have we well, I mean, like now? You've, in our rundown, have we gotten to the... Not yet. Okay, looking forward to it. Meanwhile, we're back in Montreal, and Victor, he orders Jack to romance Carl's secretary, Yvonne Tremblay. Mm-hmm. This is the nerdy girl, right? Yes, the secretary. He's yeah. uncredited in the, in the cast, but yeah, that was that was good casting. On that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so like, why don't you go find out what you can about Carl from her? And Jack is not psyched about this whatsoever. He, he's seen the picture, but he's like, you know, I, I gotta do what I gotta do. Meanwhile, that night, Audrey Totter arrives and Victor is trying to Joe or, or Joey. <laughs> Maybe we should call him Joey. Yeah, we can call him Joey. George Raft is George Raft. Yeah. He tries to get the romance going again and she is not too happy about that. She rejects him and goes to stay with Hartman instead, along with his wife, Vivica. Mm-hmm. Also on top of that, we got Leduc and his scientists. They have identified a mutilated corpse as the one of the organ grinder. They didn't find the monkey though. So that's good. I really enjoyed that scene where they do this sketch and, and it has the like the like the top of the head coming over. Yeah, where they're just like putting it together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was really interesting. Yeah, a lot of a lot of like scientist movies it made me think of uh you can't not think of police squad, like when they're in the lab all those times and you got the one guy that you know, I, I don't know, it just made me think of that the whole time. Think of what? Sorry, you skipped out Pol- there. Oh, sorry. Uh I was thinking about police squad. Uh, oh, okay. I you know when you said it I almost assumed it, but I wanted the confirmation. Yes, that those yeah always a good time there's always a child there (laughs) when it starts police squad definitely watch police squad not a lot of the police squad in this movie i was actually surprised how little g robinson is actually in it yeah i was always waiting to see him smoking something but he wasn't there when i needed him yeah not enough from him like yeah i mean i i really like Andrew g robinson i think he's i think he's like an all-time great actor and he's 
is such an interesting character that he always brings. It's like very similar in most of his movies, but you expect that character. You know what I mean? Like you expect that, that kind of commanding type of performance out of him. And you feel like you get a little bit, maybe towards the end, he, he, he shines a little bit more, but through most of the film, it's just not there. You know, I feel like it gets kind of lost in the weeds of like the weird plot that's going on. You know, a lot of the weird stuff they don't really explain throughout. And that's, I think, what ultimately kind of brings it down. It kind of bogs it down, to be honest. I agree. This was Edward G. Robinson's 64th movie. Yeah. That kind of tells you a lot, too. He's been around. He's, he's been around. So, yeah, they found a, a monkeyless body from the organ driver mm-hmm. grinder. And so now they're like, you know what? We got we to gotta keep an eye on Carl. This guy, he's got the goods. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Joyce actually finds a way to be introduced to Carl. She's getting golf lessons. <laughs> That's the other side. It's like, as soon as a golf showed up, I'm like, this is, this is it, huh? It's a golf movie. You know, that, that was fine, I guess. Yeah, I like the idea of, of, you know, they have the kind of double, this whole plot going out of, of trying to seduce these people to try to get them on board, regardless of what it is. Like, there's this In whole, their everyday life. Yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, I, you know. I give it, th- I give them that. Like, it, it, you got, I kind of wanted to see a little bit more of it, to be honest, but um, yeah. just like about the plotting of it, of itself. But yeah. we were just out of the shadows so much and just right. like on the golf course, you know? So that's not yeah. what I'm looking for with my film noir, but yeah. that's, that's fine. You do what you I am. Do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what you're looking for, but that's what I'm looking for. Oh, fair enough. I guess this is one of the shots I'll be getting from you. <laughs> maybe. I, maybe it'll maybe be in a screenshot, but we'll see. So yeah, she's taking golf lessons and she's not very good, but that's all right. It's going to make her better uh, when she's introduced. Because like, yeah, the golf instructor introduces her to right. him. She's like, this guy started out okay and now he's great. Why don't you watch what he's doing? Yeah. And after that, it's game on. They are inseparable. Mm-hmm. But Jack is also continuing to date Yvonne and he's not feeling very trusted by her. And so mm-hmm. Victor says... George Raff says, you know, why don't you go ahead and get married? And then, <laughs> and then he could just leave her later. And uh, he's, of course, been psyched on that because, you know, he's very happy to be the one who took on this assignment. I felt really bad for her, honestly. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that's the, uh, the attention. But coming up, I mean, this is like one of like the, I'd say like one of the roughest scenes in the movie as far as like, it bummed me out. But like, it, as far as like it being film noir-ish, like, you know, I, I don't know if you want me to, Go for it, please. Still just yet, but the, when they're having the conversation and she she instantly is on to him once he proposes to her that like something's not up and he's starting to like pry information out about you know what Doctor Macklin's working on and then she runs out of the car and he shoots her in the back like yeah it's like messed up you know and I was like oh wow like I was like this is gonna happen because he comes out of the car and you're like oh man but a bullet yeah. for Yvonne yeah that's more like it honestly honestly yeah I mean it's definitely the most like tragic of the deaths because yeah. it is yeah. just like this poor person who's being used and right innocent and and not be like no it's not even like the person had like you know hey i feel bad like i have a change of heart yeah <laughs> you know it's like no i'm just like a shitty ugly criminal person who just murdered you yeah and she had like very little knowledge of anything going on in the office like nothing as far as like intel to really give them besides the no. location of like where they do some testing but of what they don't know what exactly. she doesn't know so the next morning, Jack goes to Dubois' farmhouse. He, he lies to George Raft and he's like, no, Yvonne's waiting for me. All is well. And uh, he gets his pay and leaves. Mm-hmm. Then after that, of course, we find Yvonne's body. Her sister identifies Jack because she, she saw them going out on the date. Yes. And now we have the FBI. They're helping out. And we were able to connect that Leduc and Victor, George Raft. They're, they're, they're connected, these, these guys. Watch out. Leduc then goes to Carl's country club and tells him that Yvonne has been murdered. Mm-hmm. And then you see that Audrey Tyler gets really skittish and leaves. For a oh, bit. yes. Under- understandably. Not. Yeah, understandably. Yeah, you got G. Robinson coming in. That's not good. Yeah. Uh, you got a, a G-man coming in. And he notices, too. And he's like, eh, what's up with that? Yeah. And then later in the day, Victor and Hartman read about the murder. And they're not very happy, of course. But George Raft is like, you know, I'll, I'll take care of Jack. Don't worry. He's not going to make it to the police. Mm-hmm. So that night, Nick calls L.A. and he says, I want Jack killed. And when G. Robinson learns about this, when that Jack has been murdered, he subpoenas all the phone records in town. He's able to find out that in Los Angeles, the call was placed to a particular nightclub. Mm-hmm. 
when they're there, G. Robinson, he, he gets Nick into, to get into a brawl where they're able to get Nick's fingerprints mm-hmm. and also his photograph when they arrest him. I did like that whole sequence, though. That was okay. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was just funny, like, the ending where, where he's, you know, he's getting out of jail and, like, the cops are, like, apologizing to him. And he's like, <laughs> I want my prints back. He's like, oh, yeah, no problem. And then, like, he has it to the actual, the actual one, like, under a stack and, like, shows it to the other guy behind the desk. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Those moments are too few and far between by the slog that's there, so it's hard to enjoy yeah. them. But I, I, I get it. Because a lot of it is just like they don't – not that you, you need to be hit over the head, but there's so much going on. There's so many moving parts that it would have been helpful if they, if they gave you a little bit more throughout, like about, about what's going on. Because, you, you, like, yeah, it's fine if you have to infer some things. Like I'm totally down for that. But it was so, this felt like it was getting so convoluted in some in No, some it's just aspects. plot, nonstop, yeah. where you're just like, right. development after development, right. character, character. It never breathes. You never get to yeah. know any of these characters. You know, you're really just being informed after the fact of what you just saw. Right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and it's like, of oh, like, okay. Of plots that are going on to like, you know, strings being pulled and so forth. You know, you're not necessarily getting all yeah. the all the stuff. And, and I mean, the only, the only real character stuff you get is you know, a little bit between uh, Macklin and Audrey Totter, where they do that whole kind of like, you know, he's hasn't been with someone in a long time. And she's like, kind of like chiding him to be a little, you know, a little bit more romantic and all that kind of stuff. But other than that, like a lot of the interpersonal dynamics are just like not there, but yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. Exactly. All right. Um, so meanwhile, G. Robinson, he questions Carl about Joyce. You know, he wants to know more about that. And then also back at Hartman's, Joyce is writing a letter to G. Robinson, letting him know about everything, the kidnapping scheme. Mm-hmm. But then she is discovered by George Raft and realizes that she has switched sides. So he gets her to force Carl to come to the house where Hartman knocks him out with a drink, yep. poisoned. That was fun. And then they take Carl and Joyce aboard a ship that's going to Europe. Uh, sure yeah <laughs> it's like sure <laughs> and like we're pretty much all on the ship from here on out right yeah yes this the ship ending <laughs> yes we got we got all most of our principles that are left alive on there i i, I do want to take one quick step back of that that whole weird sequence where they're tailing him and they have like the the phone line guy up there like that whole bizarre sequence where he's yeah. like, oh, yeah i gotta come into your house and like let me check your phone. Yup, it's definitely not working. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and they sneak out and then George Raffitt's like snuck out of the house and was in the, the van. I, I, okay, okay, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I thought that was really biz- like a really bizarre sequence, but I guess they're trying to create a little bit of tension of you know, getting found out. You know, like that they're maybe try- starting to piece something together about what's going on because we, we sure aren't, but... <laughs> not at all, no. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that I did enjoy. Yeah, because it gets to the whole sequence where they're Edward G. Robinson and the other guy, like his partner, they yeah. set up the whole truck thing at, uh-huh. at the place where the doctor works, but they don't, they explain it a little bit at the end, but they don't explain like what they're doing. Like, 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 they, Oh, we have this radio thing and all this stuff's going on, but they're like, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, what is it? Like, I, I what did I miss? Like what? Like I, I get that they're trying to do some type of entrapment of some type, but they don't ever go over what they're doing. So you don't really get an idea about what the plot is and like, how they're supposed to entrap these guys. I just, yeah. They're never like, all right, we got them. Like we got to get there now. Like this is it. You know, right. it, it's just very, just like, Oh, we're, we're just, we're moving we're along. This truck. You know? We got this radio thing. Yeah. It's like technology thing. It's like, okay, great. Why? Like, what because we, we have to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> um, and they kind of explained a little bit at the end, you know, when they, they give like the most exposition in the movie about what's going on. Cause now, now that we have the time that we're all stuck on a boat together. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 you know that's where we're at now. Where they're basically they you know at this point I guess what Edward G. Robinson gets found out right he gets captured yeah. essentially. Yeah, take us home, Dan. Wrap us up on this boat. Um, I'm, I'm gonna do this from memory. Um, that's so, what I want. Yeah. So basically, from what I remember, yeah. So basically, you have Edward G. Robinson trying to convince George Raft to like team up with him, like yes. tries to appeal to his good side essentially to say like, hey, we're both kind of getting. We both have to stand stand together against this foreign evil, you know, of what's going on of this plot that, you know, we're, we're all kind of being duped. And, and you know, regardless, like you, you can go and get your money, which he does. He actually ends up getting the money out of what's his name? Uh, Hartman. Yes. Um, but ultimately, he's like, uh, we need to get together to, to stop this. And George eventually agrees. And then they all kind of team up 
And you have that weird scene where he asks like one of one of his guys to like take one of the deck lights and like shine it up in, in that right into, in his face, and then he gets shot face. at too. Like, shot at, yeah. It's like that um, wasn't worth it. I thought it was a trap at first. Yeah, yeah, it was very weird. It, and I think that I, I I at least appreciated that like you, you like as the audience, you aren't like a hundred percent sure if they're going to turn if he's going to turn on Edward G. Robinson. Yeah. I mean, you kind of don't think that's going to happen, but maybe like you don't know how in it these guys are and how, how much they're going to really listen to, to G. Robinson. So like, I guess for that sake, I, you know, you appreciate it. Like there's some, there's some shootouts. You have the tension where you have Edward G. Robinson's trying to mess with the engine and you have Hartman kind of up from the, the higher point of the ship looking down on him and saying like, Oh, it's too late. Like I already messed with you. And then you have the kind of gunfight. And then I guess at this point they have that kind of like, not, I don't even call it like a chase scene where like they're in like the one corridor of the ship mm-hmm. and then like Raft is kind of hiding behind the door and they're kind of walking them out and they have that whole scuffle and they start shooting at each other between Hartman and Raft. Yes. And, and it's something that always bothers me in films. It's like when you had to know like he was going to be alive still and then, and, and then Joey was going to get a bullet because it's in the title. But also like, you know, like you just you just know that, that that can't be it. Like for whatever reason, like in your in my mind, I'm like, I know he's not dead, and George Rapp's gonna get shot. Like you just kind of yep. knew it. Um, and that's what happened. <laughs> and that's, yeah, exactly. It. Like it, again, like it didn't leave much to the imagination, and no. and that's and it just kind of ends. And I think that's where there it was wasn't just like that was the thing is like there wasn't usually with like even the worst of these. There's something like unique where you're like, oh, that was an interesting twist on that, or like right. that was a you know that's that that was a fun scene. Like there just really right. isn't. M- anything like that like it is 100 percent by the numbers yeah there's no there's no what's it here you know like it, yeah it, it, if you're gonna have a weird cold, cold i guess war the battery era, yeah <laughs> yeah or 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 the or whatever the atomic machine is that yeah like, yeah that we don't know what it is but at least like the the, the other thing like it, the unknown of that was like this weird glowing thing in a box that you kind of open it and it like blows up a house and you're like okay wow like what the hell is this thing versus right. like some anonymous thing that's in the back of a truck. Yeah, no, we got it. We got it. It was contained. You know, this yeah. is a job well done movie. Right. You know, yeah, you're yeah. not really looking for those. You do the. Yeah, it's it's. End of I story. felt like a podcast listener, Dan, because we're doing this one no video. I had to actually just listen and assume that. I was trying to give like a good like radio effect. You know, they like, did good old old school like RKO radio style. <laughs> you know, <laughs> give this some life. Using, we the needed tricks, it. using the tricks of the trade. We need the life, especially at this point. I feel like the real yeah. bullet for Joey, we are just fading. But yeah, so basically, you know, this happens. And right before George Raft dies, he gives over Audrey Totter's letter, which mm-hmm. exonerates her. And he's like, you know, hey, why don't you go ahead and scatter my ashes back in the United States? Get yeah. me out of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> okay, George sure, Raft is like, yeah, cool. And then Joyce and Carl, they're like, we're, we're a couple. This is a thing. I trust you, even though you went to scam me. And um, Victor dies a hero. The end. A bullet for Joey. There's one thing I I, I read about this, and it might be in your notes, so forgive me. But there, no, no, this, at, at the time, like a contemporary review from the Los Angeles Times called the film, in quote, moderately, moderately exciting. exciting. <laughs> yeah, I know. I actually had to grab that because yes. that fully, fully summed it up. There's a lot of IMDb reviews, too, that are just like, yeah. you know, boring. <laughs> yeah, boring. I think everyone wanted more from this movie, but... I did too, okay. but like I said, I, I think going into it, I expected even worse, which is sad, I think, in a way. Because, like, yeah. I mean, the players are all very good or at least adequate. Like, I mean, from the director to the writer to the, the main characters in, in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just, it feels like it falls a little flat. You know, and I think that, and that's just the bummer of it. I think it's more like, you're just bummed that, like, you put all these people together. You're kind of hoping that they could at least churn out something decent. And it's just, eh, it's fine. You just, yeah. want, you just want more. I just want more out of it. I, I don't know what, uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's like a blueprint here for an exciting movie, you know? Yeah. I, think, I mean, I think in the plot, if you, if you break down the plot into like actual points and just read it, I think you could be like, this sounds interesting, but like, yeah, it doesn't come across well. Like it's not, it wasn't necessarily put together in a cohesive way where you felt like, wow, this is taught and this is interesting. Like you read the points, you're like, yeah, this has all the chemi- like the, the a mixture of like all these really cool things, but it just doesn't work. It does it in actuality and in, in, in practice, it doesn't really work. And yeah, it's unfortunate, but it happens. This actually came out a month before Me Deadly. Really? Yeah. Interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. 
because so I was trying to like I was wondering was like was America just like tired by this point of these Cold War films? I mean, more so like just against specifically communism. Yeah, I think I just think on South Street is the only like one of the other like Cold War film noirs I think of, and that one was yeah, fifty three. Sure. Right. I mean, so. this was the era for it. I mean, obviously, I'd say like yeah, like mid fifties. Like this is where that that was obviously was happening, but. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other ones. I'm trying to like rack my brain. I mean, there are other ones. I'm just for whatever reason, yeah. my brain is just like not recalling them at the moment. But um, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll we will. find them. Yeah, they're there. This was yeah. the last film of Sally Blaine, who played Marie Tremblay, mm-hmm. and also the debut of Tina Carver, mm-hmm. who was a counter girl, uncredited, but she would go on to have a film career in westerns and horror movies. It looks like. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Good to have you. Not really any fun facts about this one, if as you can imagine. <laughs> I think George George Raff's personal life is the are, is the fun fact. You know, <laughs> it's true. You know, he never regarded himself as an actor. He said, "quote I wanted to be me." Yeah, and he, I would say that he very much was. <laughs> Seems like it. Yeah, he uh, of course had a a background with a lot of illegal figures, a lot of mafia. Yeah, a lot of mafia. He was interviewed by FBI agents in 1938 and 1953. He was also investigated for tax evasion in 42. Mm-hmm. He was connected to illegal dice games, Bugsy Siegel. All kinds of rackets. Australian assault. All sorts yeah. of good stuff, yeah. And the, um, the, the usual stuff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, when James Cagney had become president of the Screen Actors mm-hmm. Guild in 42, he was taking on the mafia, who right. had started to have more influence in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And his wife actually received a call saying that Cagney was dead. And once he had heard that, it, he, there was a hitman that was coming by to kill him and such. And once the rumor made it to George Raft, he made a call. <laughs> and he made it go hit, away. Yeah. He made it go away. Yeah. That's some that's power. power. Yeah. yeah that's, no, that's, he definitely knows people. Yeah. I mean, he and, he, and he's a big star. I mean, he is. I mean, he, he you know, he's in a lot of movies, George Raft. Oh, yeah. No, he was, he was everywhere. And he had a long career, too. Yeah. For um, sure. He, he, he was 79 when he died at 1980, and he left behind no will. He had mm. an estate consisted of a $10,000 insurance policy and some furniture, and he had mainly lived on $800 a month towards the end of his life, Wow! which was a combination of his social security and pension. Mm. He's also trapped in his marriage because his wife was very devotely Catholic and refused to grant a divorce, and so he remained married to her and continued to support her until she died in 1970. Mm-hmm even though he had his fair share of uh, affairs. I, I mean, basically he was just like, look, we're yeah. married. I'm going to continue to give you money, but I'm off to live my life. You know, I got right. Betty Grable and Marlene Dietrich. To live back so, yeah. So why don't you go ahead and <laughs> hush up there? Yeah. He had 10 years of freedom after she died. <laughs> Hope it was a good time. Edward G. Robinson, as we said, he was gray listed at this point, And it was because he named names, Dan. Mm. That's no good. Yeah. He, so he basically was called in to, to testify and he, you know, he's a very political figure, very liberal. And he was just like, yeah, I got duped into these meetings, but let me go ahead and <laughs> name some names. He's the one who named Dalton Trumbo. Yeah. He said he was duped and used. And he noticed after that, he was only getting small roles and, you know, getting bullet for Joey basically. Yeah. And eventually the chair of the HUAC committee had come back to him at the end of his testimonies and said, quote, that the committee had never had any evidence presented to indicate that you were anything more than a very choice sucker. And that's, that's, that's a quote. Yeah. That's what you want to hear about yourself. I will um, say that there's there, and, and I feel like we will cover it probably at some point, but he is excellent in hell on Frisco Bay, which is a, uh, it's a cinemascope color film noir and uh, with Alan Ladd. And uh, he is like, nasty in it and that came out a year after this that was in 56 um so like the nasty g robbins yeah it, and you he, know i yeah. want to see him name names yeah exactly like performance he, yes he he's a really nasty dude in that movie so yeah i i i think we you would you would get a kick out of that one for sure for like a later a little bit later era of him what do we call our spring color noir month of may series i haven't come up that. with a name yet i i, okay. I want to come up with going i don't want to announce anything just yet but yeah, I, I think we can come up with something good. All right, well, that's something to look forward to next year. Four color films in May. Yep, I'm looking forward to it. Maybe five. I haven't seen how many weeks we've got yet, but I'm going to assume four at the minimum. Got to keep everybody guessing, just like us. I, I'm absolutely guessing. <laughs> um, and if you have Simpsons fan, if you like Chief Wiggum, that's basically Hank Azaria's impression of Edward G. Robinson. <laughs>
That's I all think, I got for this one. That's the end of my bullet. I thought you were going to say lousy smart. I thought you were going to make a smart joke <laughs> that, 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 that we're going to do our, our series in smart. We could do Smay. Smay, yeah. Shadows in May. Yeah. Although we're in colors, so I don't know how shadowy it'll be, but it's all right. It's all right. You know, we should call this a, a bullet from Joey. Yeah. <laughs> Since I <laughs> dodged, dodged a bullet for Joey. <laughs> oh, boy, we tried. Thanks for checking this one out. Thanks for indulging me. I mean, again, I, this was a, a, an interesting bullet, pun intended, to give to the audience because knowing what we had just come from. Yeah. You know, had to be done. I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to cross this one off the list. I would say, yeah, I'd say in comparison even to the last one, even to Lady of the Lake, I, I found myself more, I, I enjoyed this one more. This is a definitely okay. a more enjoyable watch. Like as far as, I mean, I, I get like, beside, you know, taking away the, the novelty aspect of, of Lady in the Lake for the first person aspect, like as far as like just putting on a movie as even just entertainment level, I enjoyed watching this one more. Like as far as like- Shorter. Yeah, it's shorter. It, it has like a lot of weird stuff in it. It's again, it's not amazing, but it had some in- interesting stuff in it. Like, I feel like the other one just got kind of bogged down in- into the first person too much. In- do you think it's possible way. to remake this movie into something interesting? A bullet for Joey? Yeah. Do you think there's enough mm-hmm. here to like really be like, you know, hey, if you just did this, this, and this, maybe not just jam on the information nonstop, there's something here? At the time or now? Now. I mean, I'll take, I guess, both. But yeah, I mean, the I aspects it- of like, these people like infiltrating people's lives was very interesting. You know, yeah. I'd like more of that. Cold War stuff can be fun. I mean, Kiss Me Deadly, we love. Yeah. I mean, there, there's so much cool there. So I, mean, I guess it's possible. I mean, I, don't, I just, I wonder. I don't know. Yeah, I think me, I mean, me personally, I mean, being a big just spy intrigue kind of guy for me, like, I mean, loving James Bond films growing up and, and stuff like that. Like from that aspect of it, like I appreciate when you have a good tension and good, interesting plotting of intrigue that's going on and manipulation and so forth. But like, it just didn't feel, you didn't feel that energy in this movie. Like it didn't feel, it, it, it was there, I think that's but it what didn't it feel, is. it didn't it's feel the energy. Good. No yeah. one, no one seemed to be having fun like yeah. in any way whatsoever. It was just very much like, let's just get this thing over with. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. It, yeah, it is unfortunate. It, there's a couple cool moments. And then, yeah, I mean, like I said, the, in, the intro was great. Like I think, starting off it's like okay cool like this is interesting like it's starting off with like a little like it gives you that little clip of like okay this is setting up what's going to happen and setting in motion everything that comes after it and you're like okay like how is this going to play out and at least draws you in but where it goes from there it's like eh, it doesn't really keep it's hard to keep up um, i think in our remake we get rid of the boat altogether they go on a plane instead we we just figure out i don't need to, they don't need to go on anything necessarily it just needs a, a better third act yeah I think that's a big issue with this one. Maybe they ran out of, out of money. Well, maybe we won't run out of money. With yeah. Ours. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the difference. That's the ad of the podcast guarantee. We won't run out of money because we have none to give. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's very true. We'll get there with your help, with viewers like you. <laughs> viewers like you. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Maybe someday, but we'll see what we've got up our sleeves for next week. Mm-hmm. With 1948s, I wouldn't be in your shoes. I can't wait for this one. Christmas related, apparently. Looking forward to finding out. There's a there's a subplot about a character that's relative to Christmas that's really kind of funny. So I, I but I, I think this movie is just I think incredibly enjoyable. It's just it's just a lot of fun. So I, I think I, I think and I hope that you'll enjoy it. We'll find out next week if myself and the listeners enjoyed it, and mm-hmm. if. You guys want to so. tell if you want to tell us you enjoyed this one or if you hope to enjoy the next one, the real out of the podcast at gmail.com. Rate, subscribe, review, comment, app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, other services. Those seem to be the two biggest as far as the analytics go, as far mm-hmm. as the algae rhythm goes. <laughs> <laughs> out of the podcast on Instagram. Yeah. Say hi. Say yo. Say uh, what you're getting for Christmas yeah. or Hanukkah or other holidays. Yeah, is, is it film noir related? I feel like we're saying a lot of Christmas, but we should also... Is there Hanukkah noir? That would be great. That would be great. I don't know. That's if a there, good question. If there is, let us know. Yeah. If not, please make it. That'd be awesome. I think yeah, that could be done. I think just like coming back to, you know, we're always on the, the hunt for film noirs with, with interesting wrinkles, whether it's, you know, a Western tinge or, or what. You know, I mean, holiday ones in particular, I think are fascinating. You know, I mean, we already kind of covered one with... Uh, night of the hunter right. um 
And I know there's some other ones that we haven't covered yet that we'll, we'll probably get to maybe next year or even this I year. I hope so. Yeah. I hope we got enough gas in that tank. Yeah, I think uh, so. The Christmas tank, the holiday tank. Holiday tank, yeah. But is, I, but is there, a, is there a, flag, a flag day film? You world? totally reminded me, by the way, as you said, you know, Western, that I did watch a, a movie this week, a couple of nights ago, a Western, hmm. that I actually bought at the same time as this movie. It's a Robert Mitchell movie. It's called Man with a Gun. Okay. It's awesome. Uh, yeah? It was so good. It's like... Man with a gun? Man with a gun. Or no, with the gun, sorry. With the gun. Okay. It's just, it's awesome. Can't recommend that enough. It's like top tier Mitchum. I can't believe I hadn't seen it. Is this on Blu-ray? This was on Kino. It is out of print from them now. I was able to find this along with this Bullet for Joey, which is now out of print as well from Kino. Mm-hmm. I got, the, got them both on eBay from a very good seller. Thank you for your nice packaging. Nice. But yeah, it's, it is streaming on Criterion Channel right now for the, cool. the Mitchum 30 movies. It, it, was, it was a lot of fun. It's, it's another under an hour and a half movie. And, he has uh, a lot of gems, but particularly with the Westerns. He just has so many Western ones that like you don't know about or, or like hadn't necessarily heard of. And then you watch and you're like, how did I miss this one? You know, like, yeah. it's just, it just that always happens with him. Well, especially when I like was really getting into him. Like, you know, I just really love film noir. So that's really right. what I was researching. And so a lot of these went by the wayside. You know, I mean, I, I caught a couple, of course. Was it El Dorado? That mm, one? Yeah. Where, which he's very great in, where he's drunk and <laughs> mean. And, no, I mean, there's, there's some good stuff out there. Keep up with your Mitchum. Yeah, got to. That's how we're ending this episode. My birthday wish is that you would keep up with Mitchum. If you want to do it in the best way, watch Out of the Past. It's also um, Doug, Kirk Douglas's birthday as well. Yeah. So, talk, about, talk about a long career. <laughs> yeah. Although more recent news came out confirming that he sucks. So, oh, yeah. That's all the real estate we're giving to Mr. Douglas today. Mm. For now, we're going to have to watch a couple of his movies because there's so many classics. But Yeah, there's definitely some, some film noirs with him that we'll, we'll cover. But we'll also point out that he sucks when we do them. So it's okay. Alrighty. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> I watched Man with the Gun. I don't know. Did you have any random suggestions? What was the best criterion you watched from this long oh, weekend? That's a great question. Well, actually... Um... You did well, watch Uncut Gems. We, we I watched Uncut Gems, yeah. I've been making my way through. I'm trying to think of like one that I got through the sale that I really was like surprised about. I'm trying to think. Take us home. Oh, you know what? Uh, not necessarily surprised about because I, I felt like I knew it was going to be good, but I really loved the, the Ray film that just came out, uh, Devi. Uh, I don't know if you saw that one in your travels. I think it just came out like within the last couple of months on Criterion. I don't know if you've seen any of, uh, no. of, of Ray's films, but... I can never pronounce his first name, so I, I don't, I don't want to... It's like sad, sad Ray. But uh, Devi was amazing. Uh, I, I love... Uh, not every movie I've seen of his, but m- I'd say most of the movies. I've, I've watched a lot, at least all the ones pretty much that Criterion's put out for the most part. Um, that's D-E-V-I? D-V- D-E-V-I, yes. Okay, um, that's in the Criterion channel. I'll check this one out. It's I, I, You haven't seen any of his movies, right? You've never seen No, no, no. Okay. Is this the um, one to start or should I do a different one? I'm trying to think. Um, what I started with, I think the first movie I, I saw was probably The Big City. And I think that would probably be a good one to start with. Um, I mean, he has a lot of films, especially on Criterion. But he's just got such a, it's a, such a unique style. I would probably liken it a little bit more to like maybe Bergman. I would say maybe the closest I could put him at. It's very kind of meditative, but it has a lot to do with Indian society and culture, and and a lot. I'm noticing of the, that from these these uh, screen grabs and and right. Yes, they have Big City as well, so I'll, I added that to my queue as well. Big City is great. I also love the Music Room. The Music Room is, is excellent as well. Those are those are like my picks. But Devi was fantastic. I went in not knowing a whole lot about that particular movie, but knowing that it was a Ray film, I like read the synopsis. Like, yeah, this sounds like something I would I would like, and I was just blown away by it. It's just amazing amazing film and yeah i feel like you could probably even as your first one you could probably watch it. it's not necessarily that long but uh yeah i i, I like his stuff a lot so yeah i said it's very meditative it, it has its own I feel like they're really hyping the music room there's a lot of lot of features on that one music room's excellent but that's, that's also one on of my channel definitely one of my favorites of his so i mean i could say you could probably start with that about one too. a per sansar did you see that one what was it what's it called a per sansar sansar mm, no i don't think i've seen that Okay, that one's in the channel. 
Let me see. It, this is after Music Room. I'm trying to see which other ones are in Criterion that I've I've seen of his that I know we're we're extending so long. So I forgive our listeners. Please forgive us. But I feel like it's important to talk about him because he's just a really amazing director. If my website would work, because I know there's like Charlotta is really good. The Pooch the Pooch trilogy, which I, I I actually haven't seen, but that's supposed to be like some of his best work as well. I'm looking right now. Yeah, I'm seeing that in this write up. Which write up are you looking at now? On the channel itself? Yeah, I'm just I'm just in the app. Yeah. Oh, okay, but yeah, I, I would recommend it. At least check out one. Next maybe time. One or, yeah, maybe one or two of those when you get a chance. Just you know, see if you like it. But yeah, Debbie, I think even Debbie, yeah, Debbie could be a good a good one to start with with him. I think it it kind of encompasses you know a lot of what his movies are and like what you know a lot of what he kind of has throughout a lot of his films. So I feel I'm gonna like go with the music room. This seems to be the most hyped. It's oh, it, that is touted as one of his best, and I yeah, I also think you would like that as the first one as well. Okay, that'll be what my promise to you. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be curious. To I'd you curious and the listener. Yeah. yeah, all right. Well, I'll see what I can pull off for, for next week's episode. Cool. Yeah, no but in the meantime, maybe I'm rushing. I don't know. We'll see. But in the meantime, more time. Time, time, time. <laughs> Dan, time after time. Here's to time after time. Ridding. Ridding. <laughs> <laughs>